been titled this sermon, uh, Pattern Breakers, amen, Pattern Breakers, amen, because I mean, life is filled with patterns, amen, there are, uh, there are seasons, amen, there are seasonal patterns that our world follows, every one of us has got eating patterns, amen, a few years ago, I, was, I went to the doctor, and the doctor said to me, I was pre-diabetic, and so, uh, you know, I was very discouraged, because I was told there were certain foods I couldn't eat, I went home and my wife pretty much said to me, you need to change your eating habits or you need to change your eating patterns, amen. And so life is full of patterns. There are good behavioral patterns, uh, but there are also bad behavioral part, uh, patterns, amen. There's good and bad behavioral patterns. And the normal words we use to, uh, to describe this is bad habits or good habits. How I many of we all have good habits? And we all have bad habits, amen. And the truth of the matter is there are some patterns in our lives that God wants to break. There are some cycles, uh, things that keep going on in our lives uh, that leave us vexed and God wants to break those things. Uh, some of us, our lives uh, are like a broken vinyl record uh, that keeps spinning, going over and over the same thing year after year, year after year. And we cannot seem to break the pattern. Um, but I'm here to let you know that God is a pattern breaker. And this morning there are some patterns uh, that are going to be broken. And so we want to read from our text. And as we read this text this morning, um, I want you to help me out finish off the sentences. Amen. Uh, you hear a phrase uh, or a sentence we end by these words. Uh, then he died. Everyone say it with me. Then Okay, say it again. Then he died. Let's read together. Genesis chapter 5, verse 1 to 31. This is the written account of the descendants of Adam. When God created human beings, he made them to be like himself. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them human. When Adam was 130 years old, he became the father of a son who was just like him in his very image. He named his son Seth. After the birth of Seth, Adam lived another 800 years and he had other sons and daughters. Adam lived 930 years and then he... When Seth was 105 years old, he became the father of Enosh. After the birth of Enosh, Seth lived another 807 years. Uh, and he had other sons and daughters. Uh, Seth lived 912 years. And then he... And Enosh was 90 years old. He became the father of Canaan. And after the birth of Canaan, Enosh lived another 815 years. And he had sons and daughters. Uh, Enosh lived 905 years. And then he... You see the pattern. After the birth, uh, hallelujah, Enosh lived, then he died. After uh, Canaan was 70 years old, uh, he became the father of Mahilalel. After the birth of Mahilalel, Canaan lived another 840 years. Uh, he had sons and daughters. Uh, Canaan lived 910 years. And then he, and Mahilalel, did I read that twice? When Mahilalel was 65 years, he became the father of Jared. And after the birth of Jared, Mahilalel lived another 830 years. And he had sons and daughters. Mahilalel lived until 895 years. And then he, when Jared was 162 years old, he became the father of Enoch. After the birth of Enoch, Jared lived another 800 years. And he had sons and daughters. Jared lived 962 years. And then he... And when Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. 
After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years. He had sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. When Methuselah was 187 years old, he became the father of Lamech. After the birth of Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years. He had sons and daughters. Methuselah lived 969 years. And then he, when Lamech was 182 years old, he became the father of uh, he became the father of a son. Lamech lived, and Lamech named his son Noah. And for he said, "May he bring us relief from our work and painful labor of farming this ground." The Lord is cursed. After the birth of Noah, Lamech lived 595 years, and he had sons and daughters. Lamech lived 777 years. Then he. Have you ever heard the term like father, like son? Or you were just like your dad. Really and truly what people are trying to say is that they can see a pattern in my life or in your life that was in our parents' lives. Like father, like son, there is a pattern uh, that they recognize uh, and they're saying, we saw this in your parents. Uh, now we're seeing it play out in your own life. Uh, there is a book called Switch on Your Brain. And the author presents us with this idea about patterns and habits being formed in our lives. And the author writes that there are behaviors that are transferred, that some behaviors are transferred genetically. Some are transferred because of our past experiences. Some are transferred because of the environment we are in a manner. And so patterns or behavior patterns that are negative, as many a times transferred into our lives by our parents, by our past, and by the environment that we're in. Um, consider some biblical parents, amen, um, that put their patterns or their bad habits into their children. Uh, consider with me Abraham. Uh, Abraham. How many know Abraham was bad with lying? Abraham lied that Sarah was his sister. He lied twice about Sarah. The pattern followed Isaac. Isaac also lied about his wife. Then the pattern went down to his grandchild, Jacob, who also lied to his father and to his uncle Laban. And all of a sudden, Jacob was known as the deceiver. Why? Like father, like, like grandfather, like father, like son. Behavioral patterns being passed down. Consider Isaac had the disruptive habit of having a favorite son. Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And the Bible explicitly tells us that Isaac loved Esau or favored Esau more than he did Jacob. Jacob steals the birthright, goes on his way, gets married, comes back. And when we read the story of Jacob and his 12 sons, guess where the story starts? Then Jacob had a favorite son by the name of? And what did he do for Joseph? He got him a technicolored coat that all his other brothers would see. That's my favorite. Do you know where Jacob learned that? He learned that from his dad. Because there are patterns in our lives that can be transferred and deposited into our lives. Consider with me David. David with Bathsheba. You know the issue. 
David battled with lust. No doubt you understand some of the stories. Amnon rapes uh, his half-sister Tamar. Absalom sleeps with his father David's concubines. Solomon ends up with seven, 300 wives and 700 concubines. Where did that come from? Come on, somebody like father like. See, if we're honest, parents, when we look at our children many a times, we can see ourselves in them. Especially the bad stuff. I'm like, I never taught you how to lie. I never taught you how to be crafty. I never taught you how to get angry like that. Or to have outbursts like that. I never taught you how to be rude like that. Many a times what happens is there's this transference. That we transfer it to our children. There's patterns this morning. Every one of us this morning has a pattern. There is something in our lives that we don't like to be there. We would rather live life without it. There are parents here. There are people here. Your parents had anger issues. And you see yourself reacting just like them. You had past experiences where you were violated or hurt uh, and it created an anger inside of you. You were raised in an environment or from an environment where people just got angry and all of a sudden you're in a church with people that love you but you can't help but get angry. Maybe you're here and your parents had a poverty mentality, bad with money, and you see that cycle being repeated in your life. You go to work month after month, your salary comes in, but you can't seem to get ahead. You're wondering, why is it I'm always struggling financially? I've got a good job. Can it be there's been a pattern passed on? There is a bad with money pattern, not knowing how to budget. Many of us, we're doing well. We've got good jobs. We testified about the job that we've been blessed with, but our bank accounts are still in minus. We see the pattern being repeated. Maybe you was raised in poverty. You grew up in an environment of poverty. Now, now you're living, amen. Now you're doing something and the, your environment has given you a bad habit of not wanting to spend. You don't give. You don't have, why? Because there's a pattern that's been created. Maybe someone this morning, you was raised in a family where They talked about everyone else's business but their own. And now all of a sudden you struggle to keep your mouth shut about things that people have have told you not to say to anyone else. Patterns. Maybe you have issues being honest. Because when your father said certain things to you, he didn't keep his word. Try to come out of certain responsibilities and he was always lying to you. And all of a sudden, you're older now and guess what? The default is to lie. And I say this because I grew up believing my own lies to be truth. See, because sometimes you can lie so much you forget what the truth is. Patterns. There are folks here, ladies, sorry, but I'm going to get the men in a minute. You grew up in a place where there was no respect for men. 
didn't value the role that men play in the home. You wanted to be Destiny's Child independent. (laughs) All of a sudden, some strong man comes along and says, hey, and you're shutting them down because you've got this pattern, this mentality. You don't need a man. Patterns. Some of us, our patterns are been formed by the environment, the things we consume, social media, uh, the culture of this world uh, has formed patterns in our lives. There are some marriages this morning, maybe your marriage, you can see some disruptive patterns are, are beginning to rise up, amen. There are some folks this morning, your job, you keep losing your job, you get a job, you lose it. Uh, there are some people here, there's a pattern of fear and anxiety. Uh, God's about to bless you, God blesses you, but you self-sabotage what God's given to you. Uh, because every time there's this mindset, oh, things are going to go wrong. Uh, Something's going to happen. Uh, These people are going to do this. Uh, At your job, no one likes me. I know it. They're talking about me. Patterns uh, are forming in our lives and many of us have these patterns in our lives uh, and many of us recognize these patterns but we're just asking the question, how can we break free? And in our text this morning, we have a pattern. And the Bible says that there was Adam and Eve who sinned against God. And God said to them, if you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. Adam and Eve have a son called Seth. And if you notice, the text says that then the people began to call on the name of the Lord. In other words, when Seth came into the picture, there was this turning around of humanity. Now we recognize God. Now we want to live for God. But guess what? There was still a pattern of death. That you can be born again, calling on the name of the Lord, but still bound by a disruptive pattern. Still bound By something that's holding you down. And our text says, it goes through generation after generation. Adam lived, had sons and daughters, then he died. Seth lived, had sons and daughters, then he died. Enosh lived, had sons and daughters, then he died. Oh, come on, crowd participation, amen. Canaan lived, had sons and daughters, then he died. Mahalalel lived and had sons and daughters, and then he died. Jared lived, had sons and daughters, then he But Enoch lived, had sons and daughters, yet he walked with God because God took him. Enoch is a pattern breaker. Enoch is a pattern breaker. Right in the middle of this pattern, um, we see a man that broke the pattern. uh, He broke the cycle. uh, And this morning, I want to let you know it's possible um, for you two to be able to break um, the negative patterns in your life. Uh, God inserted Enoch uh, in that pattern um, to let you know, hey, there might be a pattern, uh, but I am a God that is able to break the pattern. uh, I'm a God that's able to intervene in your situation take the chains off and let you walk out free and this morning if you're here and there's a pattern that needs breaking God is going to break it yeah. 
There was a mold. There was a pattern. There was a cycle. Had sons and daughters and died. Sons and daughters and died. And Enoch is the man that broke the mold. He's the man that broke the pattern. And I believe there are lessons for you and I to learn quickly from the scripture to help us break some of the negative patterns in our lives. So how do I break negative patterns in my life? How do I break the cycles in my life? Well, verse 21, notice what he says. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begat Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. He had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. That's the New King James Version. Enoch lived 65 years and then he begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. The first way, the first thing you need to do if you're going to break the patterns in your life, it starts with a decision. Everyone say with me, decision. decision. Notice what the Bible says. Enoch lived 65 years. He begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. In other words, Enoch didn't always walk with God. It was at 65 when he had Methuselah, something happened in Enoch's life that he made a decision, I am going to walk with God now. Breaking patterns starts with a decision. He says, you know, I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to walk with God from this moment on. You know, the Bible says Seth, the great, great grandfather began to call on the name of the Lord. But yet Enoch had his own decision to make in order to walk with God. Listen, just because your grandparents prayed and went to church. doesn't mean you're walking with God. Just because your mom prayed for you or took, doesn't mean you're walking with God. You see, walking with God is a personal decision. It's a decision you make, that I make, that I say from this moment on, I want to walk with God. We all need to have these moments in our lives. Now, I remember when I got saved, you know, one of my friends, good friends, James, uh, we used to do some things together, amen, and so uh, we used to smoke drugs together. So, so James got, gets saved, gives his heart to Christ, and he knows that that house over there, there's four guys he smoked with, and they need to come to Jesus. Well, James would come to our house every day and knock on our window, throw a rock Sunday morning, come to church with me, come, and we're like, nah, man, we ain't coming to church, nah, no chance, we ain't coming nowhere. Six months he took him. And then one day we all sat, Saturday night, we're like, listen guys, this is going to carry on every weekend. We might as well just go to church and then come back and tell the guy, yeah, we didn't like it. And that's it. So we all next morning rock on my window. Boom. James is there. We all get dressed. We all go to church. 
And in that service, I heard the altar call and I put my hand up to give my heart to Jesus. But we had already made a decision that we wasn't going to do nothing Jesus. So when the man said, come to the front, I looked up. Is my friend's hand up? Is my other friend's hand up? I'm not going on my own. So I saw all their hands were up. So we all went to the, uh, to the front. We prayed the prayer, got out. We was like mocking everything. I went back home. What began to happen after that is the place I was living in, I got evicted. Things began to go wrong in my life. And so I'm getting evicted. I'm thinking to myself, God, I need you. I went next door to a lady that would always dress up on a Saturday to go to church. I knock on the door. Hey, could you let me know where a good church is? And she's like, oh, I'll let you know. I'll pick you up one day and we go. And she says she goes to the Seventh-day Adventist church. I grew up a Seventh-day Adventist. And I saw some things. And I thought, okay, let's see why. If I don't find a church, I might come with you. And so what happens is that afternoon, I say to myself, you know what? Let me go into town. See if I can get a leaflet to a gospel concert. And if I get a leaflet to a gospel concert, I'll go to the concert and I'll ask the people in the concert, where's a good church that I can go to? Because now I want to serve God. And I get on the bus. I get off the bus and two girls hand me a flyer. I get the flyer. I go back to the house. Tell my other three friends, guys, there's a concert tonight. Let's go. They say, okay, let's go. We all go to the concert. The pastor preaches, I know the procedure now, could it happen six months ago? I put my hand up, go to the front, give the right details now, gave my name, and my, <laughs> give, the right, give the right details now, gave my name, gave my number, because I'm serious now. So, I'm, so what happens is, the guys that I took to this concert, they know people there. So I'm like, that's strange. So when we get home, I ask them, I say, hey, so how come you knew everyone? Because our, our father is the pastor of that church in Zimbabwe. So I was like, oh, and we've been doing all that we've been doing together. Then my friend who took us to church the first six months ago comes around and says, T, let's go to church. I was like, listen, I'm already going to church. I found a church in Croydon. And he goes, what's the name of the church? I said, it's the Potter's House. He goes, T, the church I took you six months ago was the Potter's House in South London. The church you got saved in in Croydon is the Potter's House in Croydon. They just opened when you went for the concert. The boys you're living with, their father's the pastor of the Potter's House in Zimbabwe. At that moment, I knew. It was my defining moment that I was going to follow God and I found the church that I didn't choose that God placed me. And let me tell you something. There were ups and downs in that church. But I knew I didn't go to church because it felt good, looked good, sounded good. I knew I went to church because I was born again and saved and God chose a church for me. Enoch had a defining moment. He had a moment where he says, you know what? Man, something's up here. And the defining moment is evident in the name he gives his child. Methuselah simply means when he is dead, it shall come. Methuselah. Imagine naming your child when you're dead, it's going to come. And what that meant was Enoch had received the revelation that when Methuselah dies, God's judgment was coming upon the earth. 
And if you do the calculations, you realize that the flood came when Methuselah died. That's judgment. That's the return of Christ. That's death. Hell trigger you to want to make a decision for God. Enoch realized, man, God's about to judge this world. I need to change my ways. God's about to judge this world. I need to change my words, my, my, my ways. The first thing, if you're going to break a pattern, is that it takes a decision. Another decision you have to make is enough is enough. You know, some of us get so comfortable in the negative habits that we've embraced over the years. And what we do is we make excuses for them. Ah, this is who I am. If you can't accept me for who I... And sometimes we can even find uh, comfort in the pity we receive from other people based on the bad habit or the negative patterns that we've embraced. Can you pray for me, please? What we pray was the same thing that happened. Yeah, it keeps happening. No, every year, it's the same thing. But if you're going to break a pattern, you're going to have to say it's enough. Enough is enough. It's a decision. The second thing we notice in this text about how to break pattern is a change of direction. Enoch made a decision at 65. But notice Enoch also changed direction. Notice what it says in verse 24. And Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. In other words, he wasn't always walking with God. And notice, Enoch walked with God, not God walking with Enoch. See, sometimes we want God to walk with us. How do we do that? We have our plans. And we want God to rubber stamp our plans. We have a direction we want to go. We're praying God to bless our direction. But the Bible says Enoch walked with God. So who was directing Enoch? God. Jesus says, come and follow me and I'll make you become. So Enoch changed direction by not living for himself, but by changing direction and following God. Who are you following? You following God? You following Jesus? Or is it what you want to do? You know, I'm doing a, a study at the moment, just reading about this, about the will of God. Many people are always asking, what's the will of God for my life? And sometimes we so reduce the will of God to a job, to a career. But you know the will of God? God's will is redemption. That's the will of God. From Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, the, look at the pro redemption. Redemption. All throughout the old, redemption. New Testament, Jesus comes, redemption. The will of God for your life is you get into God's plan of redemption. So if your plans don't include redemption or people getting saved, then God isn't who you're following. You're wanting God to follow you. It's going quiet. 
It's gone quiet. Sorry, sorry, how? Listen, I'm so sorry. Didn't want to make it so quiet this morning. So some of us need to allow God to change our direction and give us a new focus. See, when you allow God to change your direction, many times what happens is you focus on what God's doing and many times it brings a release from the negative patterns in your life. Yeah, you know, I'll give you a... I was... I had a friend and when he came to church, the same thing, he says, I'll never stop drinking. Never. My father used to drink. Never, never, never. He even gave a testimony in church. You know, I don't know why pastor let him do it, but he gave a testimony. And, and, and the guy said some things in that testimony. We're like, pastor, why, 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 why? Anyway. Anyway, what happened was he began to integrate himself with, uh, with the church. And what we would do is we'd do music, rap, and make music, and go on outreaches, and all these things. And he just enjoyed the company of being around the church. And so the direction on a Friday night was to the pub. The direction on a Saturday night was somewhere else. But now we're going to outreach. We're going to do concerts. We're going to this. And his direction changed. And guess what? When the direction changed, the habits went. Because he couldn't go anymore. He couldn't do that anymore because he was so engrossed in doing stuff in church. And all of a sudden, it's like, man, I haven't been to the... Because I'm following who? I'm following God. And today, that friend of mine is a pastor. Why is that? Because when you follow God, it makes you drop some habits. So Enoch made a decision, changed direction. And the last one. He became dedicated. He became dedicated to the things of God. Notice what it says. And Enoch walked with God 300 years. How many know 300 years walking with God is a long time? That's a devoted life. That's a dedicated life. He spent, after 65 years of doing things his way, he then spends the next 300 years walking with God. How you break your patterns in your life is when you have a devotional life that's dedicated to knowing God. I know this sermon isn't about casting out demons. It isn't about loosing and binding. But sometimes as believers, we have to be practical. And the practical thing is Jesus Christ said that I came to set the captives free. That if you believe in Christ, there are some things that shouldn't stay in your life. Simple. He breaks them when you become dedicated to him, when you become devoted to him. Enoch lived, the New Living Translation says, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years. What broke the cycle for Enoch was his decision to make his relationship with God a priority. Every day he walked with God. Every day he talked with God. Every day he shared uh, his life with God. Every day there was something he did with God, for God, uh, together in partnership with God. Can I ask you, are you only a Sunday morning Christian? Amen or oh, oh me. 
How's your dedication? How's your devotion? How's your devotion? You know, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 says, It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known to be a person that pleased God. Someone put it this way. After walking like this with God, it was as if one day God told Enoch, Man, I just enjoy walking and talking with you. Don't bother go home, but come home to be with me. God says, nah, I can't, I can't just let you go. <laughs> I need you up here. I need you with me. We need to continue what we have. If you was Enoch, or living in the time of Enoch, would God, based on your devotion and your dedication to God, your prayer life and reading your word, would God say, hey, come up, man. You, you, you just enjoy my prayer. I, I want you up here now. Or you'd be like, can I find someone else? Can I find someone else? See, here's the basic truth that I want to leave with you. If you live for God, God will change you. He will break the patterns in your life. Living for God, the simplicity of living for God, making a decision, changing direction, and being dedicated to the things of God will lose you of anything that you have that has you bound. It will break some patterns in your life. There are some people here, you need to become sick and tired of being sick and tired of the same thing happening in your life over and over and over again. It's always the same thing year after year. You saw it in your dad, you're seeing it in yourself. You saw it in your mom, you're seeing it in yourself. The battles that they battled are the same battles you're battling. Generation after generation, it's all the same thing. Will you make a decision to walk with God this morning? You know, I recently went back home to my mom's funeral. It, I was a single, I was a, I'm the only child. My mom was a single parent. And um, it's devastating. It's the worst feeling I've ever felt before. You know, going, seeing my mom in hospital, and then she dying, and then having to organize the funeral by myself, with, with the help of my family, obviously. But you know, what was interesting is I went back to Zimbabwe, which is where I'm from. My grandfather and my grandmother, I go to see my grandma, and this is where... It kind of just hit me. My grandmother is about 90-something years old. My grandfather passed away maybe about 12, 12 years ago. But my grandparents had been married for over 50-something years. 50-something years they were married. They had seven children. Of the seven children, only one was married until the husband died. 
but the rest of them either divorced or were never married. Seven, I have cousins, loads of them, not married. And I began to look at my own family and noticing something. None of my aunts, none of my uncles followed the same pattern that was left for us by our grandparents. Except for me and my cousin who I call my brother. And both of us got born again. Got saved. We never prayed break the pattern. We never saw the pattern. But you know my grandparents, do you know what they were? They were born again believers. And you know what our aunties and our, they were like part time. They were tiptoeing. But when we got saved and I'm looking at that. And I'm thinking, God, I never prayed for deliverance. I didn't look and like, man, look at all this mess in my family. God, bind and loose. Let me. I just served God. And God put things into place. Today, I am 18 years married. To, hang on, hang on, hang on. To the same woman. And do you know where I met her? In church. For the super spiritual, let's just bring it down to common level. I just served God. And God put things in place. My mom did the best she could for me. Sent me to a private school. But every month, there was always a struggle financially. She sacrificed. Thank God for mom. She sacrificed for me. But we always struggled financially. But she did all these things for us. Uh, for me, rather. When I got saved, I was bad with money. Taken to a private school amongst rich folk who had money to spend. And I had to pretend that I was... With money to spend, I wasn't... There. So I had bad, because of that environment, bad money management habits. I got saved. I started working in a coffee shop. Nothing wrong with working in a coffee shop. But I had a computer engineering degree, working in a coffee shop. I hated it. And for three years, I applied for job after job. You can start playing the keyboard. I applied for job after job. I'll get regrets after regrets. I'll go to a job interview and the person, man, we like you. And then I'll wait for a week, no letter. No, call. Uh, sorry. We gave the job to someone else. For three years, making coffee, water, and milk. How many sugars, ma'am? How many sugars, sir? Cappuccino, latte, tall, short, medium, what? I hated it. Do you know what was amazing? People who came to church before me getting jobs, IT jobs, 
driving nice cars. And I'm getting paid per hour for three years. I wanted to drive the cars that were driving. But as I'm living for God and reading my word, I'm understanding I'm a steward of God's money. I have to tithe. Tithe? When I'm struggling already? Began to tithe. I remember my pastor said he was going to go full time. I remember saying, God, I'm going to give not just my tithe, but I'm going to put an amount on top of that every single month. And it wasn't a small amount. It was in the hundreds every single month because he's sacrificing his banking job in the city to be my pastor. Began to do that. And guess what happens? The money I was earning, my tithe, plus the money on top I was giving, I mean, there's less to spend. But I did that. Began to learn how to budget. Began to learn to put things in place. Just before I, to, before I proposed to my wife, my boss calls me in. Says, we're going to have to sack you. Because we want you to work Sundays. But you won't work Sundays. And I'm like, I want the promotion, but I can't work Sundays. I'm walking with God. I'm living for God. She looked at me. She goes, I've never seen a Christian like you. I respect you, T. But it's out of my power. You're going to have to go. Remember leaving that room saying, I'm not going to work Sundays. Was given a month's notice. I've got the ring, which I saved up for, for my small, small money. And I'm ready to propose to Jillian, my wife. I'm sacked. I'm not going to be able to afford a wedding. I remember saying to myself, I'm still going to do it. Remember getting to my friend's house, because those days she had, I didn't have money, so I didn't have internet. So I went to my friend's house. And I opened my email, and there was an email saying, T, we've been trying to get a hold of you. Could you ring us ASAP? We've got a job that fits your profile. I rang them. says, can you do the interview on Tuesday? I said, yes, I can. I went to the interview on Tuesday. We're sitting in, a, in this room. There's all these qualified people. They're all quiet. A guy walks in, an older gentleman walks and sits down. And I'm like, hi, my, my name's T. I worked in a coffee shop for three years, right? I can talk now. <laughs> like, I can talk to anyone. Like, hey, my name's T, what's your name? Because I'm Bill. Because how would you do? You here for the interview? No, no, I work for this company, blah, blah, blah. So we have a whole conversation. Bill gets called in, goes in, sits down, and I'm sitting there with all these people. All of them are quiet. They don't want to talk. I'm like, okay, fine. I get called into the interview. Guess who's sitting on the other side of the desk doing my interview? Bill. Bill says two words. We're looking for young men like you. You might not be qualified but we're going to put you on your fast track. I worked for ExxonMobil, the largest oil company in the world from a coffee shop. Why am I telling you this? God broke the pattern by simply living for him, by simply walking with him. There is someone here this morning, you need to understand that truth. Ain't no spiritual binding or anything like that. Just live for God and it will break the patterns in your life. Come on, let's bow our heads this afternoon. Hallelujah.